It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, we're the defective characters. Three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis Griswold. James here. <laughs> the opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience of how the family holiday classic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation starring Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Randy Quaid, and young versions of Juliet Lewis and Johnny Galecki relates to addiction and recovery. In this episode 66 of the Defective Characters podcast, that's a mouthful. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Are we really going to do it? And we're movies? really we're really going to do it. So this is first of all gentlemen, um salutations getting closer and closer to the holidays and yeah. the uh the holiday sessions of the Defective Characters podcast. I think it's fitting in 2020 that we're closing out the year uh with such topics that are very relatable. And this one came out of uh I I'll take partial credit but um, Dennis's brain to uh, to do it. So before we jump into it, let's check in with James. Uh, how's everything been, buddy? Everything's good. Uh, this this is one of my favorite Christmas movies. I've watched this since I was small. Um, I got a new game, and um, it was um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and. I don't oh, know wait, you... wait, wait. What do you think of that? I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on that. Well, here's the thing. It's been pushed back. Like, uh, the release date has been pushed back three times. Yeah. Just... They should have done it a fourth or fifth time because it's it's full of bugs. That's so what I hear, yeah. You're immersed in this world, and it's fun. But then, like, all of a sudden, this guy will just appear out of nowhere like a ghost. Or... Like someone will fall through the the ground into nowhere. And like yeah, I heard the NPCs AI is like really messy <laughs> and like they don't do anything. Hold on, you got you got to let you got. What does that mean? What? NPC like break down on to somebody that doesn't understand anything. I don't I don't understand that. <laughs> the NPCs are non-player characters, so that means you don't control them. They're the characters in the game, and then the AI is the artificial intelligence that tells them what to do. Yeah, and supposedly they're really glitchy and like not very smart. So why would they release it if it wasn't ready? Money. And it was the most hyped game of the year. Yeah. Didn't they have time? Like haven't people had more time, especially in those fields? Video game development is not an easy thing. They've been making this game for over seven years. To give you an idea. That's crazy. So it should have taken eight. Meanwhile, Minecraft puts out like updates of full game content like twice a year. Yeah. Minecraft for the win again for the 11th year in a row. Oh, and get this. They said, yeah, we're really sorry. So uh, if you want a refund, just go to the place where you bought it and ask for a refund. (laughs) (laughs) Does that work? (laughs) 
but it's 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 so it's stupid because like they're putting they're making up. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to wait for the patches. So I've got I've still got Zelda I can play. So I'm just going to put it on the back burner till it's ready to go. It's still really fun and it's very immersive and it's it's incredible what they've done. But you know, it's when you're immersed in the game and then it starts getting glitchy. It kind of like you're like, oh yeah, this is just a crappy video game. <laughs> And well, that's also, since it was hyped up so much, it's almost like you're everyone's expecting such great things. And then when there's like, you know, glitches that are so obvious that should have been fixed, like before it was ever released, it, it just makes it look a lot worse. Yeah. So, so but, that's con- that's consuming your time right now. Um, no, I'll play just a little bit. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's. I went to Epcot yesterday. It'll be probably my last day at Epcot for a while. That was kind of nice. It was very. Um, you and you and I should have spoke. I was literally in Epcot yesterday. You were. Yeah. What time? Oh, I went from two to five. Oh, I was there from seven to nine. Okay. I wouldn't oh. have seen you. No. You were there with your baby. Yes. Yeah. I had. Uh, I had Olivia. Uh, extra day as i got some work stuff coming up so my schedule kind of moved around and and trying to like figure out some of that so i'm thankful there's some uh at least on a positive front some correspondence between my ex and i to make sure that olivia's needs are being taken care of and i did have some stuff for work that i had to to shoot out at uh, epcot and i said you know what i like the weather is perfect you know, it was like sweatshirt weather last night. I think it was like 70 as we're walking around there. So it was really nice for her. And yeah, uh, yeah. so we walked around. Then I changed her into her PJs, we strolled out of there, and she fell asleep. And then I just put her to bed. So so that was uh, that was really nice. And uh, I'm, I'm leaning on Dennis a lot because I had a project with work and trying to figure out what I can do for a charity. Um, and Dennis and I are on the creative front, so I don't know if any of our ideas are going to make the cut. Well, in full disclosure, none of my ideas make the cut. <laughs> and I had some good ideas. That's not, that's not true. That's not <laughs> <laughs> The first part wasn't true. Your ideas are good. Uh, are they going to make the cut? I, it's not up to it's not up to us, you know. A lot of stuff in life, I say it's up to my higher power, but I really think it's just up to my boss at this point. And uh, who is a type of higher power in that situation? Yeah, he's when he's, you clock in. Yeah, he's my higher up, I guess we could say. So we'll see. Hopefully next week I'll be able to uh, kind of share some of that because I always like doing stuff around the, the holidays. It's and it's funny too. Um, I heard on. Uh, uh, I listened to Dax Shepard's uh, podcast who talks about recovery. A couple months ago, he relapsed and talked about it on his recovery. And he was talking to a singer named Sean Mendez about how he tries to go out to restaurants. And maybe you can get something out, out of this, James. Like, how many times do people actually ask for the manager because of fantastic service? that you give as opposed to when people ask for the manager to complain. It's rare. It happened. Yeah. I've even gotten tips like give this to the cook. 
because this steak was amazing. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I go back and I give it to them and they're just like blown away. They're like, what, what's this for? We don't, we don't get tips. It's like you, today you do my friend. So it's been, it's cool. You know? But but people don't do that. They don't they don't say, "Hey, I want to talk to you. You did a great job. Can you send your manager over?" I've done it a couple times in the, like I did it where yeah. I did it at a steakhouse in Friendlies. So pretty much the two opposite spectrums of of food industry. It's just that it's rare. They don't do it often. Yeah. Well, people usually use the server. Um, as the intermediary, so they anything they have to say, uh, to complain about or to compliment, they just go through me. Yeah, Some, sometimes they'll go to the host or the yeah. hostess and compliment and, well, the, the server through the hostess. The managers but are supposed to do still table, rare. you know, this manager is supposed to go to every single table in the restaurant at one time, tell them their name, and um, you know, inquire how their visit has been. So. You know what? Your your managers are actually pretty good at that. Every time I go in there and sit at a table, they do that. Yeah, we we've got a pretty well run restaurant. Busy too. It's 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 and I'm blessed to work there. Yeah. So that's that's what's new uh, new with us. What what's up, Dennis? Dennis. So I I uh, I built a slime farm. Um, Did you? Build I built a, a witch farm. What? Did you? Did you do a whole chunk? I did three chunks. And oh my God, I thought it was going to be like a day, like a day project of like digging out the hole and everything. And it's three trunk chunks lined up in a row. And it took me literally, I kid you not, like eight hours just to dig out the freaking hole. That's so much work. Yeah. I just watched movies and stuff. Why you were digging? Yeah. <laughs> I, had, this is on, I had a beacon at least. This is on Farmville? No, not Farmville. <laughs> it's on Minecraft. That's dog. right. That's right. I forgot. But uh, Farm. but yeah. Other than that, like I've been, you know, I because of the a lot of the anxiety that's been popping up every time I go out to like crowds and stuff, and everything that's still going on in the world, I've been kind of like staying home, and just I go to the meetings in morning and night. And then at home, I've just kind of been isolating, not really isolating, but staying home. We're in a pandemic. You're, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my excuse. It's, it's, it's a legit, like, <laughs> we're in Florida for crying out loud. But That's right. But I've been good. Life's been good. James asked me to go to Epcot yesterday. I felt bad because I turned him down. Mm. But yeah. I'm now glad I you have fun anyways. Who wants to go to Animal Kingdom today? Uh, yeah, I'm, again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, go- I'm going to Hollywood Studios tonight, so I already have a, a resi, resi in the, uh-huh. the system. Cause you have an extra I'm pass? Tra- What's that? You have an extra pass? I don't have an extra pass. Disney oh. doesn't do that. I know. I, I've, I haven't gone for so long. Ever since they built that new Star Wars, they won't let me go. They're so mean. I'm the biggest fan, and they're like, "No, James." But I yeah. can go. Any of the Star Wars stuff? I can go if I um, if I pay the ticket. <laughs> but I I haven't been paying for Disney for the last three and a half years, so I'm not going to start now. <laughs> yeah, it's um, 
I don't. I I, I keep telling myself because my annual pass they run out in February, uh, and I know that's a couple months away. But I also know that at least next year I don't have any intentions of getting annual passes for the next yeah. year. Anyway, so I'm like, well, I want to see like the Christmas stuff, and I tried to. But my passes, actually, I think the last day I can use them is Wednesday because I have blackout dates through the holidays um, okay. and, and New Year. So I'm just going, going to film some stuff for like an hour and a half. It's not that it's not going to be enjoyable, <laughs> but it's going to look a lot more enjoyable than it actually is. If you want to go to Magic Kingdom with me Thursday, I've got passes and I've got reserved. I'll keep that. I'll keep that on the books. I don't know. I, I, it, it might be tough. I actually don't yeah. want to. Don't don't want to take the pass, because um, it, it might be challenging. But that's awfully kind of you, my friend. Indeed. So we're now one week away from Christmas Eve, and there's a lot of people. Actually, James, I think it what got us started thinking about this was the fact that your boys are still coming to town for Christmas vacation, essentially, right? They're seeing you for Christmas? Oh, yes, yes. Okay. So, and, and when, is, when are you going to grab them? Um, Saturday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so, so they'll, they'll be here. So I don't know about you guys. One of my favorite Christmas movies that came out, what was it, 1989? was Christmas Vacation. And I was talking to Dennis about it. And I said, you know what? I think there's a lot of like parallels to at least like my family and a lot of, of course, it's exaggerated. But there's a lot of things that have to do with my family and how to deal with certain things. And the recovery program, if your family looks anything like that, you could pull a lot out of that. So I'll, I'll first ask Dennis, when he thinks of that movie, what are some things that you can pull out from that movie about recovery? Well, I think it's like, you know, I, I think especially in early sobriety, everything is new, right? So before, you know, you go to Christmas, like for me, myself or whatever, and then like, you know, we'd younger we'd slip drinks or go around walk around the block and smoke pot and we just kind of in our (laughs) own little world getting through it and i'm blessed enough that like my family's pretty non-dramatic or whatever but there's a lot of people that go in and they do have like a very dramatic you know you got in-laws that come over or or distant cousins or stuff that don't necessarily fit in the same vibe that your family is or like or there is some kind of fight and drama or family secrets come out or like arguments in general and i think uh in that movie it's 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 one of those scenarios you know where like the griswold family is you know thrust into this holiday with family members that show up that kind of disrupt the status quo or or the normality of it and everything that can go wrong goes wrong. And then ultimately, you know, Clark Griswold, like, you know, weathers the storm with his dignity relatively still intact. And I think we can learn from that. And, and, and you know, I think the biggest difference from that movie and what a lot of us deal with is we might deal with those situations 
but we can get through those situations without broking all the eggnog. I guess. You know? what, what? You're okay. Yeah, you are you making chicken parm again? Digital chicken parm. No, it's the the studio phone. Oh, it's the studio phone. Yeah. I get it. Oh, it's probably the producer yelling at us again. My secretary stepped out. <laughs> How about, how about the? Well, let me pose this question, okay, James? Out of any, you you know the characters really well, right? Yes, yes, I do. Okay, so so who do you think, if you could choose as a sponsor out of any of the people as a, a part of Christmas Vacation, who would you choose, and who do you think would make the best sponsee if you were their sponsor? Who would make the best sponsee? Sponsee and sponsor. Um, and why? Uh, I, I definitely think uh, the main character Clark Griswold would be the best sponsor, uh, just because you know I, I like a, a little goofiness and um, uh, and his heart <laughs> his heart is pure gold. You know, no matter what in the story, you know when cousin Eddie showed up and you could see like the surprise on his face and. He he wanted nothing more than for him to to leave. You could tell, but you know he did something he didn't want to do. And by doing that, Eddie's kids had a wonderful Christmas, a Christmas that they'll never forget. And you know they would have had a really bad Christmas otherwise. And because he brought his cousin into his home, um, he was able to um, Eddie kidnapped his boss, which was completely illegal. But through that. He, he got his bonus that his boss had, um, you know, taken away. So, like, at the end, everything happened the way it was supposed to happen in God's will. It could have gone a completely different way. But um, because of the actions that Clark took with his open, warm hearts and by in a giving spirit, you know, everything was, was laid out for him in a, in a nice fashion. And it really paid off in the end for him. And it's it was it's a great story uh, with lots of quirks and funny, misleading things that happen. But for sponsee, um, gosh, <laughs> I don't know. I would I would let me say I would definitely not want um, cousin Eddie as a sponsee because uh, that would drive me crazy. But I think he he would need the most help. So. I'm going to go back to my thing that I'm going to do stuff, uh, especially when I don't want to do it because I get the most reward. So I'm going to go with cousin Eddie. I mean, I'm going to sponsor him. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you think he has the most to, uh, like what step would help him the most? Oh boy. Step one. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. He's got to admit defeat first. You know, he's, Nothing's going to change if he doesn't admit he's got a problem. So, And um, I think he's clueless. So, yeah, step one. I'm going to – good job, Dennis. Step one. <laughs> I, I like that. Den Dennis, how about you? So best sponsor and sponsee if you had to pick anybody. And you would be their sponsor. Like, do we have to stick with the guys or the guys and the girls? No, I don't, I don't think so. Since they're characters, they're not real people have at it. Okay, I, I would say. Um... Also, by the way, that's just a suggestion. Like, I, I know plenty of people where. I think it's a pretty good. 
It's, you, th- you think it's yeah. a good suggestion? Okay. Yeah. I mean, for that's a whole nother episode, <laughs> but I think it's a good suggestion. Um, I would say Aunt Bethany would be be my sponsor because there's nothing like a good old timer to like really like share their wisdom with you. And she was also played by Mae Questool, who is the voice of Betty Boop. So come on, she's a legend. Like uh, that would definitely be my sponsor. And then then sponsor, huh? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> then, uh, uh, then for the sponsee, I would go with, with, with Mary, who was the neighbor played by Nicolette Scorsese, not related to Martin, but like, I would just pick her for very sick and selfish reasons because I'd like to hear the step four whenever we do step five. We should probably take that joke out because it didn't land. <laughs> no, I think it was good. It was a truck that went by. And it's funny because it was a trash truck. No, but <laughs> but seriously, I think, I think uh, as a sponsee, probably Russ, the kid, right? He's young enough. He can still have a full life or whatever, and he's teachable. And he seemed genuinely teachable and curious and open-minded. So that would be probably an easy sponsee, I would think. An easy sponsor, yeah. Okay, that's good. You got anything else to add in? Uh, how about uh, what what step would most help? You landed on what? Rusty? So yeah. he said? Yeah. What's, what, what, step? What, what, step, what step would help him most? Not what step would you start on, because everybody knows one, but what step would help him most? I think for him, I think step 12. You know, get him through the steps and get him into, like, helping people. And he probably naturally fit into that, you know? I nice. I like that. I'm going to go a different route. Uh, even though James and I both have the same sponsor in real life, he said that somebody would be the worst sponsor. And I disagree. I think Cousin Eddie would actually be the best sponsor. And here's why. Outside of the fact that he's drinking while he's emptying out the porta potty or, or his, his <laughs> motorhome thing. Outside of that, who he is as a person at the core, his personality, he seems the most in the moment out of anybody that's there. And his whole world is collapsing around him. And he is able to go, yeah, you know, I traded my house for the motor home. I'm okay. You know, uh, there are pieces of that. Yes, there's pieces of the guy that's a complete mess. But what I crave in a sponsor is somebody who there's a lot of chaos going around them and they're not buying into it. I like somebody who's also, hold on, I didn't judge yours, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis is coming back I at me. So many questions. Okay, hold on. Let me finish this and then you can go at it. Okay, so remember what you're going to say. So I think it's great that despite not being able to actually afford anything and just having to essentially crash at his, what, sister's place for the holiday for like an entire month. And by the way, also the actor Randy Quaid, who plays him, there is a second Christmas Vacation movie, Christmas Vacation 2, 
that was a straight to DVD release. I own it. Is that real? That is real. (laughs) And he is the main star of that movie. And I think what like a perfect character, if he can actually be a star of the sequel, they had to have known. And by the way, this that movie came out like over a decade. I think it was like 15 years after the original. They realized that they needed to make it. So I think that's great. I think uh, just letting everything, what's the saying, like fall off your shoulders, you know, or like fall off your back to not stress. That's something that I always am looking for, especially now. Uh, And who would I like to sponsor? I really think the trajectory and the change that Clark's boss, I forget what his name is, the character's name. But the boss character in that movie that is actually played by Bill Murray's brother, I think, he is somebody I would want to uh, to sponsor because you can already see the change in him. And all he had to be you know, shown was that, hey, there's actually some wrong stuff you did. You shouldn't have just given everybody the Jelly of the Month Club membership. You should have uh, you know, done a little bit more. And I would see him as that scene after Eddie kidnaps him, which might not be the best thing for a sponsor to do. After that scene, you see some change in him. And I bet if he was in the sequel, he would have been a completely different person. And I think that's, I mean, I know that, uh, you know, the same person will drink again unless you change. I adhere to that, you know. And I saw some change in him. So it's, uh, I don't know. I think it's good. And definitely step three, if he had, uh, you know, turned his, his will over to a higher power and actually had that connection, I think that would help him immensely. And maybe in some ways it did because it brought him some humility of like, hey, you know, nobody wants to be slapped, have a bow slapped on you and kicked in the butt uh, by Cousin Eddie. But maybe that's actually what did it. And figuratively speaking, I think that's what I needed to come into AA was to have, you know, a foot in my butt and pushed in that direction. So that's what I got. And Dennis has already got notes on how he doesn't like what I had to say. Dennis. The boss's the boss's name is Sam McMurray, not related to Bill Murray. Mm, pretty sure it is, though. No, it's not. Uh, Mick Murray. It's not. Sounds Bill, the same. Bill Murray does have a brother, though. That is an actor. That's a pretty good actor. You sure it's, it's not, not the same one? Yeah. Pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure. Is that all you have? No. <laughs> Cousin Eddie causes a lot of the chaos. You know, and he is he is selfish and he's inconsiderate of other people. He he has a lot of work to do. Now, from what you said. Cousin Eddie, like 20 years later, after he's done 20 years in the program, probably pretty solid. You know, a lot of experience, a lot of chaos that he's caused that he's had to clean up and stuff. So he probably will have a head full of wisdom. Now, Randy Quaid, after 20 years later, is a whole nother story. But that's without the program. So. Oh, that's all you got. All I, got. I don't know. I could go on longer, but then we're just talking about movies and actors. Well, we are. So, so what other points do, do we want to hit on uh, for this? And again, 
since this is the, uh, the holidays, like you said, only what a week from today is Christmas Eve. Well, my question is, is, is for like, on more of a serious note on like going on Christmas vacation. How do we deal with that? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Especially early sobriety. If we're used to like, the drama or the drinking for me, like Christmas was just another holiday. So it's another excuse to drink or get messed up with no real responsibilities and stuff. So how do we deal with that? You know what I'm saying? As yeah. far as being out of our comfort zone or anything like that. James, do you want to start or you want me to? Uh, I go shopping. I like to do retail therapy. Um, but, <laughs> but more than that, I- you're good I at it. Get the best bargain I can. So I've got like, you know, different stores I go to. And, um, you know, when I find a good sale, I'm like, I just stock up. It's fun. It's really fun. Um, but then when I get home, I put everything away. I'm just like, okay, now what? I wrap everything. I put it under the tree. And, um, you know, I, you know me, guys. I, I like to stay in the day, but I get really excited when I get to see my kids. Um, so I'm like, it's like when I'm waiting for them to come, I'm just like, that's all I really think about. And then after they leave, I'm a little sad and then I can't wait for the next time they come. But, uh, you know, that's, that doesn't drive me. Like, it's like not all consuming. I, um, it's just one of those things like, like, uh, we have our friend Mike, he's always thinking about the next vacation he's going to go on. Um, and for me, it's the next time I see my kids. So I don't know. It's that's what drives me. It's how, not. How yeah. has how has your holiday with your kids changed like now versus before you got sober or came into the rooms? Um, well, I'm able to get them quality gifts now instead of just gifts from the Dollar Tree. So that's good. <laughs> and, um, you know. There's stability today. Um, you know, we were, I think I've had two Christmases where I was living in a hotel and um, we didn't even have three. So, you know, things have tra- changed dramatically since then. And um, in the three years that I've been up here, um, this will be the third Christmas that I've got to spend with them. Uh, each one has been really magical. Last year, it, there was about, oh, 11 people in the house. And so the kids got to meet their, their cousins and their aunts and uncles. And we all, there was 10 of us playing poker around the table, Christmas poker. It was fun. And my my 12-year-old at the time learned how to play poker. and He kicked everyone's butt. So, we, you know, it was a great time, a good time teaching my kids how to gamble. <laughs> <laughs> Good family fun. Oh, yeah. So th- this year it's just going to be uh, the four of us, my wife, me, and then my two kids. And um, they'll be here for uh, about nine days. And um, I got presents under the tree. And I think I'm going to take half of them and hide them. So if they're anything like me, like as soon as I'm sleeping, they're going to sneak downstairs and open the corners to see what it is. I don't want them doing that. Did you guys ever mm. do that? Uh, peek in the closet. I knew where the hiding spot was in the closet, <laughs> and I found a bunch. <laughs> like, I so I would never peek, 
but I would know exactly where it was. So as soon as stuff was purchased, um, usually starting in October, I would look. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, like different things would show up. And so I knew well in advance. So I didn't need to peek in the corner. So my parents are like, oh, my God, our kids are the best. They're not looking for anything. And I'm like, sucker, <laughs> I already found I found all the gifts. <laughs> <laughs> like so i knew what they were i was a good kid i used to search out and find them we'd find them in the attic and the closets and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and wherever they always tried to move them but eventually like really young even like they got to the point where they just stopped wrapping the gifts mm. they just piled them all up like my parents have four kids there's like four of us so like we'd wake up christmas morning and our gifts would just be in a pile like this chair would be all mine <laughs> this couch would be all of my brother's and like they weren't wrapped. It's just like here's all your stuff. Have yeah. fun. My my mm. kids like they tell me like they like to unwrap the presents. That's they get the most joy out of that. They love the stuff inside, but they they love the the feeling of opening presents. And uh, I don't. So your boys are cats. They yeah, they're like little kittens. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to uh, like this year in particular. It's funny. I was going to be like, yeah, I'm just going to put the gifts under the tree. And then uh, when I get Olivia at uh, 2 p.m. on Christmas Day, just she's two and a half. So, oh, the presents are right there. But now I'm thinking Christmas Day morning, I might just wrap the presents at that point. You know what I mean? Instead of like, because I don't want to I don't want to do it ahead of time. Is then I going to worry about it? But it's funny. She never goes to the downstairs bathroom. And there's enough space right behind the door that I just have all of her presents, like just back there. And it looks ridiculous because there's like a chair that I found for like five bucks at Target. And I'm like, what? Like a frozen chair that was probably returned a couple times after it was COVIDed <laughs> on. Um, so, I mean, you never know, right? This day and age. Are you allowed to return things and put them back out now, Dennis? I you don't are. know. Ask James. He's the shop. James, there. James, you're a shopaholic. Uh-huh. So would you would you say that you have to? Do they throw things away that get returned nowadays? No, they just sanitize them. They sanitize it. Really? God, Man. using their brains and yeah. stuff. Now, now, do they sanitize it? <laughs> Only if it's Christmas. <laughs> no, don't you mean? <laughs> this is why our ideas don't land on the radio. I don't know. Some of them, some do, some don't. A lot don't. Um, to to answer to answer your question, Dennis, and then I want to hear your your response before we wrap up. Uh, Christmas vacation. I think the most important technique, if this is your first year sober, is have a plan and know that if you are feeling funky or not good, there's a way out of it. But if you don't have a plan, that's, that's how it doesn't work out well. Some people even have a plan and then they don't do it. And if they relapse or their, uh, you know, character defects come back, they're like, how did that happen? And it's like, well, maybe, you know, you didn't utilize some of the suggestions. So just to the best of your ability, I know for me, I always have that plan. You know, like it can be a really, for instance, this year could be really, really lonely and sad in the morning on Christmas as I'm figuring that my daughter is having Christmas morning, uh, sticky buns, which 
that we would usually do an egg bake. And I'm sitting there alone Christmas morning this year. So instead, I'm going to be wrapping the presents that my daughter will be unwrapping. And literally, I just came up with that plan when James just said about how much his boys love that. (laughs) So I kind of stay fluid with it, you know. So I appreciate you sharing that because... I didn't even think about it like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just say, you know, hey, Santa ran out of wrapping paper. <laughs> or, oh, the elves are really busy this year. Even though she doesn't understand, she's, like, real quick. Like, her thing now is she knows where the trash is. She knows if I say, oh, where's my belt? And she goes in my closet and gets Aww. out my belt. And I don't know if a two-and-a-half-year-old is supposed to know how to do all that. But it's like, I, I think that's really quick. Like, I can name off so many things. And... It's just because the last four months I've been walking around saying, like, pointing at stuff and saying what it is. And she's comprehending all this. Um, So I want to make sure that she has a a good holiday. And for her to have a good holiday, I'm going to have to make sure that my head's in the right space. So as far as vacation goes, I'm going to make sure I have a plan and and try to stick to that plan the best I can. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think like having a plan, especially early in sobriety, is is a necessity, you know. And I would add like, you know, the way out plan as well. You know, like if you can drive yourself to whatever the location is and, you know, let people know, like either your parents or your siblings or a family member that's understanding and sympathetic to you, your deal, what's going on in your life and then have a way out. So if you need to leave, you can leave. Um, And then also have like your sponsor and other people in the fellowship on speed dial and be willing and ready to walk out for five minutes and give someone a call if you need to, you know. Um, And then also I would I would think is uh, check your motivations on why you're there. You were there to have a, a quality time with with your family or your friends or whatever your holiday event is or whatever. So try to do your best to be there and be present and then also stay busy with service type things like help cook if you can or help clean the dishes or clean up or and be focused on that kind of stuff. And the more you're engaged in the moment and with what's going on with the festivities, hopefully the less you're thinking about drinking or, or running away or whatever, you know. Nice. It feels feels pretty good. Anything else to add, James, before we wrap it up? Um, no, can't think of anything. I look forward to our, our next uh, meeting together and recording a new podcast, whenever that may be. Oh, yeah, buddy. And I don't think we've made the announcement yet. Do you want to? Oh, first of all, there's a way that people can reach out if they do have a future topic. And that is through, there's a pigeon that we have. You just strap the letter to him, hit him on his little butt, and have him fly over, Sweet. right? You don't have to hit the little pigeon. I keep telling you that's not nice. They're our friends. There is a real way you can get in touch with us, which is what, Dennis? At the underscore characters on Twitter. That's what I meant. Ooh. That's what I meant. I, I thought, thought that we was... Were still doing carrier pigeons. No. No, we're not not doing that. But we are doing a really fun topic next week. You want to tell them how you came up with that? No, not really. Oh, you got to have to wait. You got to have to wait. Uh, 
Uh, we'll be back next Thursday <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Excited for us, sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 67. We are the defective characters entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember? And why is the carpet all wet, Todd? <laughs> I don't know, Margo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah.